0: Welcome to Bridge City Church. We are here to lead people in a deeper relationship with Jesus and to grow the church locally, nationally and internationally. We pray you are blessed by this message. Welcome to church. It's great to see you. If you're here for the first time, my name is Robin. I'm the pastor of this church. It's my great joy and privilege to serve here for the body of Christ. And... um, Yeah, I hope that you are just so open to what God wants to do in and through um, the Word and the service today. So God bless you all. Um, It's my first preach here for the year. I was at North last week and uh, preached a message there, but I took a few days off over Christmas. Um, I took six days off, actually, and um, during that time, I really sought God and What he laid in my heart are the things that I want to share today with you because I really feel it's a prophetic word for this church, um, for the body of Christ here and in moving forward into what is 2023. so. So the title of my message today is Yet I Will. And I want to read to you from the book of Habakkuk, chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. And I'm reading from the New King James Version this morning. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines. Though the labour of the olive may fail and the fields yield no food. Though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stall. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet. He will make me walk on my high heels. Hills, not high (laughs) heels. Such a girl. Heavenly Father, we thank you today that, Lord, your word is truth, your word is life, and Lord, in Bridge City Church, we hold fast to your word. From Genesis right through to the book of Revelation, your word is a lamp to our feet and a light unto our path. I pray today, Father, that as I bring your word, it will be as you will make my tongue as the pen of that skillful writer, Lord. For every person listening to this word today online and for those of us here today, Father, I pray revelation by the power of your Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are so welcome in this place. Move upon our hearts and open our minds to the things that you want to speak to us today as I bring this word. Father, I give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honour because, Lord, it's all about you. And Father, we just choose this day to lift the name of Jesus in our midst. We choose this day to proclaim the truth of your word. We choose this day to declare that you are God and there is no other. And Father, I thank you today for every person in this place and everyone that's listening online and for what you're going to show them. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everyone said... Amen. Amen. Last year, at the beginning of the year, um, I had a few days off again. And the word that God gave me during that time, there were three words. And those words came from out of Genesis chapter 1. And it was order from chaos. And as the year unfolded, we saw that God began to restore order from chaos, order from the chaos that had been through those first two years of COVID and shutdowns and and sickness and disappointment and grief and everything that had occurred during that time with losing our our pastor, my husband, with all that had happened. And I, I felt God speak into my spirit at that time. He was going to restore order from chaos. And over the last year, I've seen him line by line precept by precept lay down those things that have built a new foundation but a foundation that is older than time because it's been a foundation that's been built on the word of God and Lord the Lord spoke to me about building according to the pattern that God would have us build according to and so I've seen over this last 12 month period that there's been growth there's been consolidation there's been order that's come from out of the chaos and there's been a settling into the, the new thing that God wants to do. But this year, there were three words again. It's funny how God just drops words into your spirit. The first word was ploughing. The second word was resurrection. And the third word was colour. I want to just give you a little background into the book of Habakkuk. I've been listening to it basically non-stop over these past few weeks, Um and it's been a source of inspiration for me. It was set in around 686 BC. Under The, the whole book is about the dreadful state that their world was in at the time. It, it, and it actually cries out against the sin that was in the place. It talks about the, the debased spiritual atmosphere, the worship of Baal, um, the evilness that was in the day, the worship of, of God, a God that was not our one true God, the sacrifice of children, the... Just so much—a total, total uh, devastation in the land—and in the book of Habakkuk and in the book of Second Kings, uh, God promised that He was going to bring that total disaster on Jerusalem and Judah through that time. It was written not long before the Babylonian siege and the capture of Jer- Jerusalem in 586 BC. So Manasseh had filled the city of Jerusalem with all of this with innocent blood. Um, Some of the things that were happening were worship of nature, worship of other gods, astrology, spiritism, witchcraft, wizardry, wickedness, human sacrifices, seduction, perversion... The persecution of the, pre- the preachers, the prophets of God that were speaking at that time. And um, tradition has it that Manasseh was actually responsible for the death of Isaiah um, during that time as well. But the word Habakkuk or the name Habakkuk means one who embraces or clings. And at the end of the book of Habakkuk, cho- uh, Habakkuk chooses... And this is what the crux of my message is today. I will, I will choose to cling to God regardless of what happens to his nation, to his world, to his life. And that's what I want to unpack from our text today. He acknowledges in Habakkuk 2, chapter chapter 2, verse 4, the just shall live by faith. And that's... um, the finish that he brings in, he finishes by praising God, yet I will praise him, praising God's wisdom, even though he doesn't fully understand God's ways. And with all that's happening in our world today, we can all say, you know, we see things that are happening around us and we don't understand. I don't, I certainly don't understand. Sometimes I look at what's going on around me, I look at the news and I think, Lord, what is happening? But Lord, despite what I see, despite what I hear, despite what I'm feeling, I know you are God, you are sovereign and your will be done. And it begins with me. And each one of us listening today needs to be able to make that declaration. I will praise you. I will declare your word of truth. I will cling to you no matter what's happening in my world at this time. And so that is activating faith despite what we're feeling or seeing or hearing. So that is just, that's it. That's it in a nutshell. The persecution of Christians that's happening in the world today. Do you know our nation has basically been untouched by persecution? But I do believe as the days go on, there's a time coming where we're going to be persecuted for our faith. We're going to be told that we can't say things, we can't preach the word of God. There's a wokeness that is in the world today that is wanting to permeate the truth of God's word. And you know what? God's word is truth. Let God be true and every man a liar because we will preach the word of God in this place without fear and without compromise because that's all there is. That's all there is to it. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Verse 17. Let's get into our text. Verse 17. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines. Though the labour of the olive may fail and the fields yield no food. Though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls. The first of the four words, the ploughing. The three things that God really impacted into my spirit speaks of things going wrong. This scripture talks about no fruit, no crops, no food, no income, no means of income, no herd in the stalls being cut off from the flock – isolation, labour not returning rewards, that isolation and separation that we can all feel when we're away from the body of Christ or we're not walking right with God to the extent that He wants us to. We all have dry periods. We all have periods where we feel like we're walking through a desert place, but God provides springs in the desert. He provides streams in the desert and springs in the valley so that we can come to that place and feel the the desert dryness just drifting off of us as we draw from the spring of life, as we feed upon the word of God, as we allow the Holy Spirit to minister to us in our hurts, in our fears and in the things that have been happening in our life so that he can then direct our path and direct the steps that we need to take. You know, the ploughing, that, the vision that God gave me when I saw ploughing, I saw there's ground that was granite hard, rock hard. And people have said in the past, you know, this is a hard place to, to do church. This is, or whatever place you're in, this is a hard place. There's nothing growing there. There's no fruit in the Spirit. There's no no herds in the stall. There's no, no crop to be seen. And yet in this vision that I saw, I saw like a Holy Ghost plough that was coming through as we activated the Word of God and as we preach the Word of God and as we live our lives for Jesus, fully given over to Jesus, that there's a... The ploughing of that land that's coming and that cement rock hard surface is being turned over to the extent that the soil is bringing forth life and the seed that has been in there for years and years and years that has shown no life at all is going to come forth. Because the moment that that rock hardness is uncovered and smashed by the power of God's Word and by the water of the Holy Spirit, their life comes, the air comes, the water Water comes and those seeds that are germinating there can then bring forth life. And we spoke in prayer meeting this morning about the faith as a mustard seed. That smallest seed of all that's going to grow and permeate and saturate the air. And that mustard tree, that great plant that God is going to grow, is going to provide shelter and food for all that come to it. And I sense in the Spirit... That though this is not happening and that's not happening and though, you know, you may be feeling in a dark place in a relationship or you've been disappointed badly or you're feeling tired or weary, you know, and you're looking at the emptiness and you're looking at the hardness of ground, yet I will You choose today where you're going to go with that. You choose today to bring captive those thoughts, take captive those thoughts, bring them in obedience to Christ and declare over your life, though this is not happening, though that's not happening, I know that God planted a seed in me way back when. And though there's not been life in it to this point, I'm going to allow God to work in me and turn over the soil of my heart And turn over those things in my life that need to be discarded, those things that need to be snipped off in the vine, the pruning that needs to happen. So that that seed that was put there by God Almighty, by the power of His Spirit, those dreams and plans and ministries, that life will come. As we commit ourselves, yet I will praise him. I will rejoice in him. I will not look at my circumstances that will allow me to keep my eyes on Jesus. I will filter the things that are happening in my world through the power of his spirit. Take it through my mind, but not stay in that place in my mind. Take it into my spirit so that I can know that God is at work and his timing is perfect. He will bring to pass those things. He will perfect that which concerns me today because God is never late. He's never early. He's always on time. And this is a year where the hard ground is being ploughed and we're going to see corporately in the church and in individuals' lives as we make these choices that I'm going to talk about soon, what God is going to do. Amen? I get excited when I think about these things. Sometimes, when your life is hard, God will challenge you. Not women, not men, not circumstances, but God will challenge you to make some tough calls. What are you doing with that? Why are you dallying with that? Why are you spending energy doing things that God hasn't called you to do? What has he put in your hand? O oh man, O oh woman of God, what is the stick that's in your hand that Moses used to part the Red Sea? What is the stone that is in your hand? You know, what is it that God's placed in your hand? Make those calls that this year, this year is a year of separating off from the things that are not producing that fruit in your life and keeping your eyes on what God is wanting you to do. Allow God to minister to your heart. And when you're needing guidance, when you're needing, you know, that encouragement, when you're needing confirmation, go to his word. First and foremost, go to his word, go to prayer. And then you go to others that are of the same DNA, the same spirit as, as, as what God has placed within you. You know, sometimes I think of the church like a great big orchard of trees, of fruit trees. Some bananas, they're palms that grow through the ground. Some are orange trees, you know, beautiful citrus but You know, when you squeeze it, the citric acid comes out and it makes your eyes start. You know, and I think about fruit salad. I think about the pears, the soft flesh. You don't put pineapples next to pears because they pierce the flesh and bruise it and leave it feeling really yucky, looking yucky. You put oranges and apples together and they complement each other. You know, there's all these different kinds of fruit, just like there's so many of us in the body of Christ with so many different gifts and so many different talents. And we gravitate to those ones that complement and encourage and build up and also help us direct our path to what God wants to do in our lives. But sometimes in the body of Christ, you'll get a pineapple next to you, a banana, and you feel a pinch, 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 (laughs) poke, 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 and it's not pleasant, doesn't feel good. But you know what? That's okay because let the pineapples be the pineapples and you be the best pear or banana that you have been made to be in God. Because all together we make an incredible fruit salad. And together, as we work together in love and in grace and unity, God is building something incredible. Something incredible. So don't look at our differences. Look at what we have. What we have in common. What we love. How we love Jesus. How we worship together. How we come around the Word of God. And build from that foundation and that platform that is Christ Jesus. That's where we need to go. Amen. In the year when the hardness and the dryness of life is going to be turned over with the ploughing, it comes and it begins with a choice. I will. Yet. In other words, despite what has happened in the past, yet. I will. I can't turn my page here. (sighs) Verse 18, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. So that's saying even though notwithstanding the facts, notwithstanding exactly what has happened in our lives, that principle of faith in God is I will joy in the God of my salvation. That joy, that despite our circumstances, it's unshakable. We're walking by faith. Not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5.7. And Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the planting of that seed and then waiting for it to grow. And that seed that's been planted has been planted by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not something you've planted yourself. It's a divine planting. It's a divine planting that is going to bring forth a divine, eternal harvest and crop. Amen? Our prayers, our prayers are so incredibly important in walking in what God has given us. It's not the prayers of yesterday or last week, it's the prayers of today. Today is the day that God has given us. We choose to rejoice in God today, in his goodness, in his grace, in his mercy. And when we stop and think about it, you think about your salvation and how when God first got hold of your life, or even if he hasn't got hold of it completely yet, you think about that joy, creating me a clean heart. Psalm 51, in me a clean heart, renew a right spirit within me, cast me back to that place where I remember the joy that came when knowing my sin was forgiven, in knowing that God had a plan for my life. And that is for every single person. That has ever lived and is ever living, or will live in this world. The principle of our basis of faith in God brings us to that place of joy, that God is our salvation, our eternal salvation, that He sent His only Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, for me, for you. That mind-blowing. That the God of creation, the God that created the world, loves us so much that he sent his son to take our place on the cross. We should get such joy from that. Such joy. Mm. And when we take heart from that joy of God's plan for our life, we don't lose heart. Psalm 126, five and six says, those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. When you're sowing in tears, you know that when you're sowing according to God's purpose and plan, you're going to reap with joy. You're going to reap with the joy of the Lord, for the joy of the Lord is your strength and you're going to bring that harvest in that he has destined that is part of your life and for you to draw through. Weeping remains for a night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Psalm 30:11. you have turned for me, my mourning, into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. 2 Corinthians 4.16, therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary but the things which are not seen are eternal. see, joy in God is never out of season, despite the storms, despite the conflicts, despite the trials. But joy is not happiness. Sometimes we have a wrong concept of what joy is. Joy isn't happiness, because happiness is subject to our environment and what's happening in the situations we're walking through. But biblical joy comes from the Lord, and that's where we need to find that place of contentment. Biblical joy joy is a choice. I choose to joy in the God of my salvation. And it's a deep and abiding and a perpetual gladness and contentment of the heart that comes from knowing and experiencing and loving and trusting Jesus. And it's that absolute assurance in your hearts that God is in control of all the details of your life and it's also having that incredibly quiet confidence that everything is going to be all right in the light of eternity that he's going to bring bring everything to pass according to his word as we choose as we will to walk in the path that he sets before us praising him loving him regardless of the circumstances of our lives. Psalm 118.24, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Look up joy in the Bible. You'll see that it's mentioned over 230 times about the joy that God gives to those who love him and believe in him. That's a lot. The only one I know more than that is fear not, which is 366 times in the Bible. That's one for every day of the year, including leap years. Fear not, fear not, fear not. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Did you know that God rejoices over you? He does. Deuteronomy 30, 9-10, The Lord your God will make you abound in all the work of your hand, in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock and in the produce of your land for good. For the Lord will again rejoice over you for good as he rejoiced over your fathers. If you obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes which are written in the book of the law and if you turn To the Lord your God, with all your heart and with all your soul. That is, I will. That's a choice. The second of the three things, we've got you ploughing. We're seeing the hard ground turned over and the seed coming. The second is the resurrection. That he's going to bring life from death. And there's a flow on from the ploughing. It's so incredible when you start to really study the Word of God. I looked at a passage that talked about rabbinic tradition, which is the Jewish tradition, that actually state that they believe that Habakkuk, the author of this book, is the son of the Shunammite woman from 2 Kings 4, who Elisha restored to life. And I just want to give you an overview of that. Elisha came into the house and there was a child lying dead on his bed. He went in, therefore, shut the door behind the two of them and prayed to the Lord. And he went up and he lay on the child and he put his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes, and his hands on his hands. And he stretched himself out on the child and the flesh of the child became warm. Elisha returned and walked back and forth in the house and then again he went up and he stretched out on that dead child and the child sneezed seven times I could preach a whole sermon on seven times sneezes And then the child opened his eyes and he called Gehazi and said, call the Shunammite woman, the mother of the child. So he called her. And when she came up to him, he said, pick up your son. So she went in and fell at his feet and bowed to the ground and she picked up her son and went out. You see, the Shunammite woman was barren. She was given a son through the visiting of Elisha years before. The son went out into the field this day. He cried out to his father and he said, my head, my head father took him back to his mother. The child sat on the knees of the Shunammite woman and at about midday he died. Some say that he was having a stroke. We don't know. All we know was that he was alive and then he was dead. And the woman in faith acted. She put the child on the bed and she went in search of the man who had given her the life from the barrenness in the first place. You see the parallels? The ploughing ground, nothing, then the seed comes, then the life comes. And we look at germination of seeds, that if you put seed in a ground, that it has to die before it brings forth that life. She went and got Elisha. He came back. He lay on that child. It speaks to me of our surrendering of our life, of our laying down our life on that thing that is dead, that thing that is so loved, that thing that has been birthed from a promise of God. He lay on that child, eyes to eyes, mouth to mouth, hands to hands. He breathed on him and the warmth started to come back and that's the initial stage of life coming from death resurrection beginning to come from death and so when God is calling us to lay down our lives lay down those things that are getting in the way of his will in our life we can know that as we lay down eyes to eyes Mouth to mouth breathe life into that thing that is dead. It's a surrender that as we lay down that natural self, the spirit begins to move. The spirit begins to rise. The spirit begins to bring warmth back. And as he went away and prayed some more, he went back, he did it again. And that resurrection life came in. That child sneezed seven times. And we'll talk about that another day. But that child was brought back to life from death. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Absolutely amazing. But with the warmth came the colour. You see, when you look at something that is dead, it's the muted tones of greys and black. And white with no shade of colour. You look at dead trees. You look at dead things on the ground, shriveled. All of the moisture gone. Completely dehydrated. And when resurrection life comes, it's like the refreshing of the Spirit of God that breathes through seeing first, breathing, hands to do, laying down your life, And seeing that life come, that resurrection life, and the colour that then comes back into your world. You see, sometimes when you've walked through some incredibly hard things in your life, and so often it's through no fault of your own, all the colour goes out of your world. And you see in monochrome, you see in black and white... But God wants to restore colour to his church. He wants to restore colour to our world so that we can see like the, the, the spectrum of the rainbow, you know, the promise that God will never flood the whole world again. We've seen floods, but the whole world will never be flooded again because of God's mercy. And that colour, that promise of the rainbow, that it, it speaks of the myriad of things that God wants to do in us and through us as the Church of Christ here in Murray Bridge at Bridge City Church and at every church throughout this city of Murray Bridge that's preaching the Word of God, the body of Christ at work, the ploughing, the resurrection, the colour returning and the fruit that's going to come as we do that, as we walk in him. It's amazing what he wants to do. And we've got changes coming ahead And in a couple of weeks we're going to do Vision Sunday and I'm going to share some of the things that the team and I are going to put in place for the year that's ahead. It's talking about team ministry and raising up leaders from within and mandating the things that God has put on our church to do. Because it's a whole body of Christ that God wants to use. We've all got a purpose in God. We've all got something that he wants to do in us. And it may be that your timing is not quite right. But if you keep praising him, you keep looking to him, you keep allowing him, and you keep saying, yet I will, God will do what needs to happen for you to come forth. You see, there's timing that only God can bring in our lives. So, follow what God says. Be obedient to what He's saying to you. What He's calling to, to you. You know He doesn't lie. He doesn't dangle carrots in front of you, and the minute you try and grab it, He takes it away. As the start of a year, Psalm sixty-five, verse eleven, onward says, "You crown the year with your goodness, and your paths drip with abundance." Such a comparison to that other scripture I started with. No food, no fruit, empty stalls. But you crown the year with your goodness and your paths drip with abundance. They drop on the pasture of the wilderness. The little hills rejoice on every side. The pastures are clothed with flocks. The valleys also are covered with grain. They shout for joy. Isn't that amazing? They also sing Be obedient to what God is calling you to do. And his promise is true. And what he calls you to do, he equips you to do and he gives you strength. This is the last little bit I want to look at. Verse 19, the Lord God is my strength. I can attest to that every day. He will make my feet like deer's feet and he will make me walk on my high heels. There's the heels again. (laughs) Acknowledge God as your strength. He is our refuge and strength. He's a very present help in a time of need. And he talks about making my feet as the feet of a deer or a hind, it talks about in um, the King James Version. And I don't know if those of you who've read the book, Hannah Hurnard's book, Hind's Feet in High Places, and it's an incredible story about um, um, a a Christian girl called Much Afraid. (laughs) And her journey through life, through good and through challenging and everything that she experienced, which is just incredibly related to so many of the things that we walk through, you know, the fear that we may experience when we're about to do something new or start something new or, yeah, anyway, if you get time, and I don't don't want you to read it to the expense of reading your word but it's a wonderful story of what life is in God and how as we trust him and there's a quote about it that says there are no obstacles which our saviour's love cannot overcome the high places of victory and union with Christ can be reached by learning to accept day by day the actual conditions and tests permitted by God by laying down of our own will And accepting his. The lessons of accepting and triumphing over evil, of becoming acquainted with grief and pain as a regular part of life and finding them transformed into something comparably, incomparably beautiful and precious in God. These are the lessons of that book and these are the lessons that as we open our hearts to God that he will show us and take us through, through life experience. And I think about those hinds feet and high places, a picture of us, you know, climbing, trying to climb. We can't stay in the valley forever. The valleys speak of tears and yet in Psalm 23, God prepares a banquet for us in that valley, in the presence of our enemies and we can sit and eat And enjoy all that he's prepared for us. But we cannot stay in that place of valley. We also can't stay at the mountaintops because our life is a journey in God. Because God is bringing us through from triumph unto triumph, from trial unto trial. And in the midst of it all, he brings us to a mountaintop experience where he gives us a view of what life is really like in the season that we're in. And we can say, Lord, I'm resting in you. And you get that overview, a perspective from God in that time of what life is in your season and then he says right you've rested enough down you go again Keep walking, keep moving. Don't stay, don't build a tabernacle of this great thing that has occurred in your life and rejoice over it. Rejoice over the triumphs but don't build those tabernacles that where you are making an idol of something great that God has done in your life because there is so much more that God wants to do and he'll move you through. So keep walking with him and choose to keep walking. I will walk with you. I will whatever fits your dot, 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 (laughs) whatever God is challenging you in today. Despite the climb, despite the weariness, the conflict, the persecution, the wounding of our spirits that life does to us, the disappointment, sometimes the devastation of loss in your life, Despite all those things, rest for a while. Rest in God and then allow him to breathe that life into you for another day, another step. His word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Psalm 119, he gives you enough light for the step you're on. If we could see right down to the end of our journey, I think, I know I would have given up before I'd even started. But God's word is that lamp to our feet that shows us that one step that we need to take. Right, today, this is what I ask of you. And then we say, I won't or I will. And I've learnt in my life That when I say I won't, it's so much harder than when I say I will, despite what it's going to cost me. Because when you say yes to God, he gives you all you need for that day and in moving forward. We lean into Jesus. We allow him to fill us with his spirit daily. He gives us the strength we need. Places us above our circumstances, not under them. Sometimes you feel, you can feel like you're drowning with everything that's going on around you. You need to take that step back. Say, Lord, I know I'm seated in heavenly places with you, with Christ Jesus, my Lord. Ephesians 2 4 to 6. God who is rich in mercy. I'm running out of time, aren't I? God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus And from that place of sitting with Christ Jesus, we have the God perspective. We may not see everything around us, but God gives us that perspective that we need to be settled and have joy in God and choose to do his will and choose to say, well, I've made mistakes, I've messed up, I've asked God's forgiveness for that. You know, you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us your sin, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There's nothing that you can do, no mistake that you can make, no deception that you can lived have lived under, that God is not able to Absolutely let those scales fall from your eyes and bring you into newness of life. I ministered to someone this week who had been under incredible deception and you know, I said to this person, what does God say about this situation? I started to speak the word of God over this person and all of a sudden it was like, oh my goodness, what was I thinking? Where did this come from? And I said, fix your eyes on Jesus and that's what all of us need to do daily. Sometimes we are so aware of our need of God, other times life is going really well and we do it on our own without depending on God. And that is one of the biggest mistakes we can make because our day needs to start with Jesus, our day needs to continue with Jesus and our day needs to complete with Jesus so that we're walking in the path he sets for us day by day. He sharpens our discernment. so that we're living like those men of Issachar, First Chronicles 12, who had understanding of the times they were living. And not only did they have understanding, but they knew what to do. We need to know the world we're living in. We're in the world, but not of the world. And we need to know what God wants us to do each and every day. Psalm 18.2, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Psalm 18.32, it is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. It doesn't say he makes it easy or without bumps. He says he makes it perfect. Because he arms you with the strength to walk it. Psalm 62:7. In God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. God is our strength. You know, we're not there yet. We're on that journey. We're on that incredible journey. We've come from mountaintop to valley, walking through those dry places now. We're about to climb another mountaintop. But in all things, we get to choose yet I will. I will joy. I will rejoice in him. I will praise him. I will walk in him. I will walk in obedience to him. We're not there yet, but we're not where we were. It might seem like you've got a long way to go, but it's God that gives you the strength. He gives you the feet to walk the walk he has placed before you. So, seeing things from that God perspective. So, the year ahead for each and every one of us. Whatever your, pl- your hard ground has been, God, when you submit yourself to him and ask him, he's going to plough that ground for you. He's going to plough the ground. He's going to bring resurrection life and he's going to bring colour. Plough, resurrection, colour. The three words for the church here at Bridge City and Bridge City North for the year. For the church corporate, for the church individually. Take hold of that which resonates in your spirit. And, and run with it, run with it, run with it. It's amazing. So, have you had enough of me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you are our God. Lord Jesus, you are our saviour, you are our Lord and Holy Spirit, you are our helper. You are our comfort. You are, Lord, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, our all in all. And Lord God, we just commit this meeting into your hands today, Father God. For those that are here today that don't know Jesus as Saviour and Lord. For those that are listening online that don't know Jesus as Saviour and Lord. And some of these things are resonating within their hearts today, within our hearts today. There's no time like the present to give your life to Jesus. To say... I want the God life. I want to know Jesus as Saviour and Lord. I've made a mess of my life. I've made a great success of some things in my life, but there are things in my life that are really, really not great. I'm going to ask you now to pray with me. If you want to give your heart to Jesus today, or if you've been walking away from him, if you've been walking in a place of greyness and darkness, come back to Jesus today. And it's as simple as this. I will. I choose. Lord God, I ask you to take my life. I ask you to forgive my sin. I ask you to be saviour of my life. I ask you to be Lord of my life. I I just so acknowledge today that Jesus paid the price for me on the cross at Calvary, that he died and took my sin upon himself, that it was a price that I could not pay. But Lord Jesus, you did that for me. I ask today that I can come into the family of God And know you, God, as my Father. Know Jesus as my Saviour and Lord. And I ask the Holy Spirit now to fill me to overflowing with all that I need to walk in the strength and the life and the joy and the purpose that you have for me all the days of my life. I pray, Father, that as I ask you, I receive you and you receive me. If you've prayed that prayer for the first time today, please get in touch with us. We want to be able to resource you and help you as you begin your journey or pick up again your journey with Jesus. And for those of us who are in faith and walking with Jesus, I thank you today, Father, that despite everything that's happened in our lives, Lord, we are choosing joy. We're choosing to rejoice. We're choosing to walk in the strength that is ours in you. We're choosing, Lord God, to walk in the obedience, letting go of the things that are burdening me for the climb that is ahead for us. I pray, Father God, today for each and every one of us, that we will pray, that we will praise, and we will position ourselves in that place where he is, God, in our lives and directing our steps, one step at a time. I thank you, Father for the Word of God, which is the sword of the Spirit, and just like a mountaineer climbing a mountain, the Word of the, of God as a sword of the Spirit is like a pick that pierces into that granite-hard rock surface, surface and can draw us up as we lay ourselves down on it and heave ourselves up that mountaintop in Him. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, for everyone in this place that has been dis- discouraged has felt desperate, has felt at a place of no hope. Father, I thank you for resurrection life in those things that have felt dead and for all intents and purposes have seen dead. But Lord God, I thank you for the colour that is going to be restored into lives today in us and through us as we love you, love each other and love those that are not yet believers, Lord God. For Lord, you have a plan for every single person and you, You are a loving and a kind God. We praise you and we thank you and we just, Lord, give you all the glory for everything you're doing. Lord God, let those words that I've spoken today, let that be as seed in the hearts, the words that you've spoken through me. Let my words fall to the ground, but let your word come forth because your word is eternal. I give you praise and honour and glory. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Thank you for joining with us today. If you would like to find out more, you can get in touch with us on our website at bridgecitychurch.com.au See you next time.